Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on Episode 8, Season 3 of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Evening, Richie. Um, well, we'll get the elephant out of the way first. Um, it was a frustrating Warriors match. It, it attempted to sail the round for me, but seeing the Tigers get their first win um, at the end of the round, um, it at least left the season on a high note for me. Um, what did you think of the round? Yeah, well, your question to me last week was, would the uh, Panthers lose first or would the Tigers win first? And my answer was Tigers, so I'm, I feel a little vindicated. Um, but yeah, the Warriors obviously extremely disappointing. Um, I'm on holiday in lovely Matakana, just north of Auckland, so it's, my location's eased that pain a little bit. But uh, yeah, uh, otherwise not too bad. Perks of a stay-home dad getting to have a holiday when the rest of us are working. It's nice to see. Um, now, while we're live here on Wednesday evenings at 8 o'clock, you can also catch our show um, on the podcast at your convenience. Um, go to iHeartRadio. I think it's on Spotify as well. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. See Robbie's here. Evening, Robbie. Hey, Robbie. Um, as always, we're going to cover everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week, a review of Round 6 and an update on our tips. Um, we'll then stop and answer some questions from you guys as well, some we've prepared for each other. We'll then go into round seven and make our tips uh, before ending the night with a recap of the Super League. And I see TK's here as well, and Simon. Hey, guys. Hey, fellas. Um, so, yeah, remember to send uh, your comments and questions throughout the show, and we'll do our best to answer them for you. And we might as well get straight into the top stories of the week because I feel like some of our segments might go a bit long. Um First one I have, Richie, which we'll probably, I don't know if we hit it all now or we save some of it for our reviews, but um, officials are under the microscope after a shocking weekend. Um, you know, the Warriors match obviously had a lot. Um, James Tedesco not being simbined. Um, Nathan Cleary also um, wasn't penalized for a bad tackle and then not suspended on top of it. Um, the Warriors had come out later on after the game and said they were going to seek formal clarification from the referee boss 
um, due to the performance from both the on-field official and the bunker. Um, we haven't really seen much coming out of that. Um, I watched, I, I was messaging you yesterday because I watched Graham Ellerslie's um, round recap and said it didn't really didn't really do much. He basically, the only things he addressed in the Warriors game was the two ruck infringements, saying that Adam Fanua Blake's should have been a penalty, but he also said Pompey's one was correct. Um, I'm happy with that decision if they had given a penalty on both sides, but the fact yeah. that it was a similar occurrence and they got two different results um, didn't sit with me well. Um, he also came out firing at everyone saying that um, those teams that aren't at the top of the ladder aren't getting the, um, the rub of the green, saying that that's just not the case. But I think this weekend we saw so much of it. Um, so what's your take on it before I go for another hour ranting about it? It's really hard to defend what Graham Annesley's saying there uh, about, about bias not occurring for the top teams when you see Nathan Cleary getting off scot-free. Um, you put, say, Jack Hetherington or, or somebody like that into that tackle as the tackler, there's no way he escapes with no suspension. Yeah, um, yeah just little things, bits and pieces like that. That that Warriors Roosters game, obviously, he addressed the ruck calls with uh, Fenua Blake being stripped and Pompey um, knocking the ball out with his foot. Yep, I'm I'm with you. I I think I'm happy for them both to be a penalty, but only one was a penalty, and that was the Warriors one. Um, but there was more than just that. Obviously, there was the no try for Jesse Arthur's. Um, there's two post scoring off what looked like a very dubious pass. Uh, we could we could list them all could... off, but there's there's a lot. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and ref ref bash all night. But all I'm saying is it's pretty hard to defend his stance there. Yeah, and um, I decided to do a little bit of a deep dive to see the referee and the bunker official, what they were doing this week. Um, so the referee is refereeing the Tigers-Rabbitohs game. So he, he's not being punished. Um, mm. But the bunker official isn't appearing in any game this week, so I don't So it'll be, yeah, it's, there may have been a little bit of a, a disciplinary action in the background. Um, but yeah, um, I'm sure we're going to touch it a bit more when we review the Warriors game. So we may as well just move on. Um, this one I put in and then had to change because it changed very drastically today. But I had um, the Ponga contract dramas um, during the Knights game um, in the weekend just gone. Um, news broke that Newcastle had pulled their deal. Um, and told Ponga he was basically free to go to the Dolphins. Um, seems like no one knew about it because they were all surprised at the press conference after the match. The Knights denied it. Um, the journalist that did the piece um, stood his ground and said, no, this is what he got. And then today the Knights announced that um, Ponga has extended his time with them for another five years. So um, I'm going to put my conspiracy hat on. Um I think it was a shrewd business decision by the Knights. I think they did leak that media. 
Um, obviously, this is all off my own head. I've got no backing, but I think they did it. Um, they're dealing with Kalen Ponga and his dad, who his dad, you can't say, is a experienced negotiator or sports manager. And I think mm. they, they startled them a bit. Um, with that news coming out that they were happy to just let him go, they panicked and they signed the deal that was there. Um, completely conspiracy. You, you can completely say I'm rubbish. Um but yeah, what's your what's your take? Yeah, it's gone to and fro a bit. I didn't know what to believe there, and and you know the the media with this kind of thing is quite often a lot of smokes and mirrors. But I was kind of hoping he'd sign with the Dolphins, and then that would scratch off any need for the Dolphins to take Reese Walsh off our hands. But <laughs> hey, it is what it is. Uh, I think. Yeah, it's a lot of money, um, and Ponga has been a bit here and there so far this this year, and and you know he's he's had the odd injury problem uh, over the past couple of years as well. So hopefully for the Knights it, it works out and, and they can you know get their money's worth out of him. Yeah, and I see Simon's also asked which reporter reported on the Ponga story. It was Dean Ritchie, who I think's with mm. the Daily Mail um, in Australia. Um, he's usually pretty spot on with the, the news he's got. So that's what was pointing me towards uh, a bit of skullduggery by the Knights. Um, but yeah, that's all my own opinion. So we, we can't go to the media with that type of story because it's no doubt wrong. But um, we'll keep the, the Knights train going because there was a bit more news. Anthony Milford signed with the Knights for this season. And yeah, and we have we have no budget to be sued for either. So yeah, don't take it. Don't that's take true. It. <laughs> <laughs> that's true i'm calling the knights out we'll we'll put it in stone now and see if we can get some money instead um yeah anthony milford he signed for the rest of the season with the knights um but the nrl's approved his return not until round 11 um on a conditional basis he's got to do some courses and what have you um what are your takes on milford joining them for the rest of the year that's a good uh good business choice for the Knights. They, they were lacking a bit in, in those positions with Mitchell Pierce leaving. So um, I'm not sure exactly what the terms of the contract are dollars and cents wise, but um, just to add a bit of depth in those positions where they're lacking, um, it can't hurt. I mean, they've, they started off well, but they've started to nosedive a little bit over the past couple of weeks. So yeah, it's not till round 11. So still a bit of time until he until he's on board but it, it can't hurt yeah i think it just adds depth um yeah. i i'd be happy in the halves to keep clune and clifford um while they're both he- uh, healthy um but yeah if it's not a bad it's a bit like the warrior situation with ash taylor if he was healthy that's not a bad backup if your mm. your top picks fall out so, um, yeah, not too bad um, for him and hopefully hits the ground running when he gets his chance. Yeah. But, um, we'll keep the Knights train moving. Um, it was announced yesterday that uh, Knight Mitchell Barnett um, has signed with the Warriors on a three-year deal um, starting from next season. Um, he's famously known on this show for our discussion about him elbowing a man in the throat and mm. getting suspended. Um I've softened a bit. Um, I put out, when I saw the news I put out, I said the forwards are quite stacked 
Um, so I was kind of questioning it, but I wasn't putting into place the fact that Lodge is most likely gone. Yeah. And yeah. Um, there's probably a few others around the edge of the, the roster that might disappear as well. So um, he, if he gets his discipline in check, he's one of those hard, nuggety Australian forwards that the Warriors always seem to love. Um you know, I'm not going to say he's going to be a, a Kevin Campion or a Michael Luck by any means, but he'll add a bit more backbone to the forward pack, which I think's needed. So um, I'm happy with it now. Uh, what's your thoughts on the signing? I'm happy with it on the basis that Lodge is leaving. Um, and I, you say he adds a bit of backbone to the pack. I'll say he'll add a bit of elbow to the pack. I've already given him a nickname, the People's Elbow. So um, yeah, I'm on board. I think he's a good, you know, good hard uh, mongrel type player, which which I'm a big fan of. So are you, Brad? We know we know what you're yeah. like on this show. Um, yeah, I'm a fan of it. I think I think it's gonna. When I started assembling in my head the pieces of the puzzle to our forward pack next year, it's got a good balanced look about it with him there. So uh, yeah, I'm on board with that signing. Yeah, look forward to season four of the standoff where Brad's defending Mitchell Barnett's actions every week. Um, it's going to be exciting, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But last bit of Knights news, I promise we won't talk about the Knights all night. Um, St. George's Zach Lomax been heavily criticised this week for um, taunting um, Tyson Frizzell um, <laughs> during the Dragons' disappointing 21-16 win over the Knights. Um he came under fire. He basically, he he jumped on the back of Frizzell um, while the Dragons were celebrating a try, and Frizzell almost ate him alive afterwards. Um, I think it was, it was a dick move, but I think it's been blown out of proportion. I think I've heard reports that he's been put on report for it as well mm. now. Um, I think there's, you know, Frizzell used to be a Dragon, so they do know each other. You could tell Frizzell did not appreciate it, but mm. I think, like, they sorted it out on the field, I think. So I think it was going there. Would I have done it? Personally, no, especially not against Frizzell. Um, maybe if it was Ben Hunt or one of the little guys. Um, but, yeah, I I don't know. It's just another reason to, to add to why you shouldn't like the Dragons. Yeah, you could say that, Brad. No one hates the Dragons more than you. Uh, yeah, I didn't – obviously, it's a very cheeky thing to do. Uh I don't agree with him being charged over it. I no. I, I quite like the on-field justice. And, um, you know, back in back in the old days, if someone did that, they'd clock one to the face and that's that sorted. But you can't do that these days. So I think Frizzell did as much as he could and sort of collared him and threw him to the ground. Um, and I yeah. would have thought – and and also Clemmer came up to him after the game and scared the living daylights out of him. I would have been happy okay. to move on from there. <laughs> Yeah. It looks like nothing's actually come of it anyway after being put on report, thankfully. But yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's yeah, not a good look for him to do it, but yeah, it didn't didn't, you know, change the landscape of the game by any means. Um but we'll before I got some more news, but I've got a little injury corner before we move on. Um Bronco Tessi Nui. Um he's gonna miss ten weeks with a grade three strain. Um it's a big, big loss for the Broncos, I, I think. Um, and also the Roosters, um, Connor Watson, is out for a month after fracturing cartilage in his throat. Mm. Um, 
which is a big loss for them as well. He, he's been really good for them this year. They, um, yeah. What do you think about those two injuries and the impact they could potentially have? I know the Roosters. I know that they can cover injuries. We had a lot of evidence of that last year. So yeah, he he was one of their big signings this year, Connor Watson for the Roosters. So yeah, not ideal, but I think they can cover it. Tessie New. Um, yeah, he's sort of been a bit up and down this year, but you know, that one those key spine positions, uh, you know, if you have a bit of retention there, it's off quite often for the benefit of the team. So I think Broncos have some good talent, yeah, um, that they can slot in at fullback. So um, it's a great time yeah, to release uh, Jermaine Osako out of your roster. I know, I know, isn't it though? He would have slotted <laughs> right in there. But I mean, they've got other guys that can fill in. Um, Cobo and guys like that. So yeah. I think, um, yeah, they'll cover it. I think um, it's just a shame for Tessie New, you know, he's starting to get some regular game time in, in 10 weeks for a chunk of the season. Yeah. And yeah, Simon's also mentioned the Roosters will be fine um, without Watson. Everything works yeah, out I for them. So. Mm. Yeah, well, they're, they're playing with um, more than 13 players on the field anyway. So they're well looked I'm after. Sure, I'm sure they'll be okay. Um, a little bit of news I had before we move on um, kind of came out today about the Bulldogs, um, their COVID dramas. So they've had four players test positive for COVID and they'll miss this week. They've also got um, a handful, I think I've got three confirmed players that are injured this week and they've actually contacted the NRL about getting an exemption to bring in players. I've got a quote here um, that I copied from Trent Barrett today. He said, there's 12 unavailable in total, so a fair chunk of our players, but we'll be fine. It's not a deal, but we'll put together a side that will still be competitive and expected to win. Um, big big talk there from the bottom of the ladder, Bulldogs. Um, I feel for them. It's, it's a horrible situation. I, I've even heard some people, not in the media, but I've heard that they were even potentially talking about inquiring with the Titans and the Warriors about loaning players this week um, due to them having to go to Queensland. Um, I don't I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, they do have a deep... Um, they've got a couple of teams in reserve grade competitions, so it, it's not ideal, but they've got the players there. I think it's different from the Warriors when the Warriors were doing it because mm. they don't have those resources there. Um it's, I suppose it'd be a bit different now because technically we could fly people from uh, New Zealand back to Australia um, if we needed. Um, but yeah, it's not an ideal situation for any team and hopefully it's not something we see happen every week. Um, mm. It just seems to be like the worst time when you get all those players testing positive and a string of injuries. Um, not ideal at all. And yeah, it's not going to make their, their week any easier. Um, especially they're, they're playing the Broncos. So mm. um, I'm not, I wasn't confident of them getting the win, even if they had everyone there. Um, yeah. Your take on it. Yeah. This on the back of the Tigers picking up their first win and shifting the Bulldogs into last place as well. So um, timing's not ideal. Um, it couldn't have been a, you know, Ideally, it would have been a team like the, the Panthers or something that's happened to. But, you know, um, it is big talk from Gould. I, I, I don't, they struggle to put a team on the park that's competitive when they're at full health. So, yeah. <laughs> um, 
I think that's a bit of a spoiler for who I've tipped this week. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the last bit of news, I don't have a lot on it, so we'll probably build on this story maybe next week when I get some more information. But there's reports that the NRL is considering taking a premiership game to the United States um, to kick off the 2023 season with the Seagulls and Rabbitohs likely to play in the historic fixture. Um, according to the Sydney Morning Herald, Manly owner Scott Penn's behind the the plan. Um, they want to play in LA. Um, they had an idea for this in 2019, but it, it fell through. Um, they basically also said that if it does happen, it will happen a week before the rest of the competition gets underway. Um, I'm very biased here. I, I like the idea of wanting to promote the game in other countries, but I think they need to remember New Zealand first. Mm. Um, New Zealand's had no live football in a long time. Um, so I'd be pre focusing on us first, completely selfishly, of course, but it's also with those talks of them wanting a second New Zealand team. I think you need to show some love to New Zealand first. If you want another team in this country to actually be viable. Um, but yeah, there'll be, I'll have more information on that. I'm sure as it comes, but what's your take on it? Without knowing what you were going to say on that, Brad, I, I, hundred percent agree with you. Um, I think for what the Warriors in particular have done for the game during this COVID pandemic, pandemic, I think um, a bit of love for New Zealand's way would have been really good. Um, you know, obviously there's other markets they could have come into other than Auckland. It could have gone to South Island or Wellington. Um, yeah. Uh, as long as they promote the heck out of it and actually make the most of it, then yeah, I won't bag the move too much. I, you know, I see what they're trying to do, but some love our way. Even other pockets of Australia, like Perth, would have been nice, but... Tasmania. We're, we're... Tasmania. <laughs> Good old Tasmania. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, um, Robbie's made a comment saying he's got no problem with them playing in LA, providing they take an NFL game to Eden Park. Yeah, that'd be I, good. I would like that as long as it's my Giants. Um I've I've been lucky enough to go to an NFL game in New York, um, so I, I know the atmosphere. I don't think it would be the same atmosphere here, but I think it would still be a, a great spectacle um, mm -hmm. to watch. And Simon also said he thinks it's a stupid idea right now as there's not um, nearly enough support in the United States currently. Yeah, I I don't know if they're trying to like piggyback off the World Cup um, to say like, get the get the spire like spectacle the world cup out there and try to bring them in but yeah i don't i don't think it will happen um i don't think it'll have the impact that they will be expecting um mm. i it's also strange to play a week ahead of everybody else kind of like you have one standalone game before the season really kicks off it gives you a bit of a disjointed start to the season which mm. uh, which i think has uh if you look at um other sort of ones are being sort of impacted by COVID. When when you have a disjointed start of the season, the, the fans don't really get going for a few rounds. Yeah. So I, I, from that point of view, I'm not sure that's a good idea. Uh, from that, um, but yeah, yeah. Um, and Mark's put in the comments that um, Ueli is out for three months after rupturing his pick, which is a massive loss for the Sharks. We'll cover yeah. that. Um, when we talk about the Sharks game, um, I think he's going to be a massive loss. But we may as well get into round six now. Anyway, Richie, that was really all the news I had. Um, I'll keep my ear to the ground about the American game and see um, 
see what happens. Cool. All right, I'll start us off with the with the round just gone. Thursday night's game. The Raiders hosting the Cowboys. The Cowboys getting that one 18 to 12 over the Raiders. Three tries to two. The Cowboys tries Helium Lukey, Valentine Holmes, and the rookie that loves the try line, Jeremiah Nanai. Dots down again. Great season he's having. And two tries to the Raiders, Tom Starling and Jordan Rapana. Interestingly, it was 12 0 at halftime. The Raiders back to their old tricks of blowing a halftime lead. What was your take on it, Brad? Yeah, the faders are back, aren't they? Um, I I was almost ready yeah. to click this off on Thursday night um, at halftime, going, the Raiders have got this. They're looking good. And then, yeah, they just capitulated in the second half like they did so often last year. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of running out of excuses for the Raiders right now. I've been um, – I'm sure Simon will, will be able to help us there. But I, I've been – you know, silently on the show, trying to trying to defend the poor performances. You know, they don't have their hooker right now. Um, they don't have their half, but I think Schneider has been playing pretty well mm. for the situation he's been in. And Josh Hodson is a massive loss, but this is a player that they were trying to get rid of before the season started. So they were already preparing to play a season without him. So yeah. they should have been ready for that. Um I think they made several errors and um, they brought Xavier Savage on to try to add some spark and he made a few key errors defensively. Um, he's a star in the making for sure, um, but he's still got a lot to learn, which you can say about so many of these up-and-coming talents. Um, I think the Cowboys, they'll be unhappy um, with the first half, but they just clicked into gear in the second half. Scott Drinkwater um, was great again and showing why he needs to be their fullback full-time. Um, Jason Tomololo was a beast in the middle. Um, and I think if the Cowboys play more like they did in the second half for the rest of the season, they could trouble a lot of sides, um, as long as it's not the Warriors. Yeah, well said. I, I, I too, I, I thought Tomololo was sort of getting back to some of his best. I've already clocked up a lot of metres and post-contact metres this week. So nice to see for him after all the talk he's, he's had, you know, around his position in the team over the past couple of years. It's nice to see. Yeah. It takes us to Friday night. Rabbitohs 36 over the lowly Bulldogs, 16. Six tries to three for the Rabbitohs. Damian Cook bags a, his first career hat-trick, actually. Yep. Alex Johnston Alex Johnson grabs a double. He was my preseason tip for leading try score, so I'll take that. He's helping and, Yeah, it's helping me. And Isaiah Tass with the last try for the Rabbitohs, and th three tries for the Bulldogs, Brent Naden, Josh Adokar, and Jeremy Marshall King. Blake Taff with a big six from six off the off the tee. Brad will be loving that. He's a goal-kicking expert here. Yep. <laughs> Go on, Brad. What do you think of this game? Um, yeah, and Blake Taff's also in my fantasy, so that helps me. Um, uh, fantasy team, I should say, just in case they get clicked out of context. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought the game started nice and close, but when Jeremy Marshall King got sent to the bin, um, it was all over because I think the Rabbitohs scored three tries during that stage and kind of just never looked back. Um, as you said, Damien Cook got his first ever hat trick. Um, I think he rewound the clock and was back mm. to his old form. Um, he's such a dangerous player when he's running out of um, dummy half. 
and it's good to see that back. I know in a post-match interview, he kind of joked that um, Wayne Bennett doesn't like running hookers. So um, I think he, he's kind of getting back to what he used to be before Wayne Bennett kind of sat him down and said, none of that, please. Um, yeah, like you said, Blake Taft did well, filling in for Latrell at fullback. Ace at the kicking tee, so great to see. In terms of the Bulldogs, I think they'll be disappointed, um, obviously. Um, but I did think they started well. And um, with that man in the bin, it just swung momentum against them. Um, would they have won? I don't think so. But I think it would have been a lot closer if that Simbin didn't happen. Um, they did show in parts that they've got glimpses of potential. They just need to be consistent. And that's their biggest issue. Um, they're consistently inconsistent at the moment, um, which mm. is normally something I say for the Warriors. But yeah, um, long, long season ahead, I think, for the Bulldogs again. I think so, man. It looks that way. And it is nice to see Damien Cook back to his running ways, I think with all the reshuffling in their spine, I think he really needs to do that for the Rabbitohs to, to go well. I think he needs to take the ball by the horns a bit, and that's his bread and butter, the running game. So I think the more he does that, the better for them. Yeah. Uh, the next Friday night game, the Panthers 40 over the Broncos 12, seven tries to two. For the Panthers, Jerome Lewis, Scott Sorensen, Charlie Staines, Taylor May, Liam Martin, Spencer Lenu, and Isaac Tago bunch of them sharing it around. Two tries for the Broncos, Tessie New and Katoni Staggs. And Tessie New's one was set up by Katoni Staggs as well. So nice to see Katoni getting back to a bit of form. Um, what do you think of this one, buddy? Yeah, I think um, it's going to sound a bit silly, but I think the score doesn't really show how competitive the Broncos were. Um, I thought that they played reasonably well um, without Payne Haas and Herbie Farmworth. Yeah. But playing really well against the Panthers doesn't cut the mustard. You need to be at your very tip-top best yeah. if you're going to beat the Panthers. Um, like you said, Staggs, I, I think he's getting back to his old form, which we kind of started to see last week. Good sign for the Broncos because they're going to need him um, at his best if they want to be competitive. Um, that's really all I had about the Broncos. Um, the Panthers, there's not really much you can say. They're, they're just too strong. They're going to electric back line. Um, their forwards are imposing and they got the best halfback in the game it's hard to see a loss coming their way until perhaps origin um i'd say when origin when 80 percent of the team's not there um they might struggle um before we move on there was the jill simbins um mm. for a slap fight richie yeah um, <laughs> it was a good one <laughs> we we all know Everyone watching the show knows my opinions when we come to situations like this. So um, what did you think of this call? Because, yeah, we know that, yeah, they were, it was the Tano Umanga slapping with a handbag yeah. type of scenario. I don't even think it should have even been looked at. It would have been just a, come on, guys, pull your head in, let's get back into the game. But, um, yeah, exactly. What's your take on it? I think Paul with the graphics has hit the nail right on the head. Uh, it's just a little bit of back and forward slapping. Oh, to Sinbin them for it. We'd, maybe we're just old school, Brad, but that just seems way over the top. Um, uh, maybe a talking to from the ref and, and you know, watch it from here on in, uh, back back to your teams. That would have done it for me. Um, Sinbinning them both seems, as Paul threw up on the screen, super soft. Um yeah, wasn't a fan of, of the Simbini. It was no. the kind of thing you see 
young siblings do to each other, and then you just yell at them and get on with it. Um, uh, what do you what, what do you think? I kind of know what you think already. Yeah, well, I, no I don't sense. have like a super dad or something like that graphic to throw up at that point. <laughs> <laughs> it's what the kids do at home. How I see it every day. It really is. I do see it every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought there was nothing in it, but we're talking about the guy who says there's no such thing as a hit high tackle. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of not the the best opinion on it. Um, yeah, I I saw it happen, and I didn't even think that they would get talked to, let alone sent to the bin. So I think it was crazy. Um, could have potentially, if if the Panthers already weren't doing what they were doing, it could have potentially taken the shine off the game. Um, mm. It definitely didn't. Um, <laughs> Max said it was contact with the head, though. I am fine with contact to the head. I I, I don't think <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, no such thing as a head high tackle. I am. I actually remember Jazz Tavunga being sent to the sin bin for open hand slapping Nathan Brown from the Parramatta Eels a couple of years ago. So at least they're being consistent with it. It's just the way the game is nowadays. You can't throw a hand near somebody's head, open palm or close fist. The the one moment they decide to be consistent, you you mean? I know. So. Yeah. Uh, next game. Next game. First Saturday game, Manly Sea Eagles, Brad's second love. 26 over the Titans to 18. Four tries apiece for the Manly Sea Eagles. Haumalia Olakuatu, Ruben Garrick. Olakuatu grabbed the double, actually. And Kieran Foran with the Manly Sea Eagles tries. To the Titans, four tries. Jermaine Asako, Brian Kelly, David Fafida, and Tino Fasumolawi. And... That, that was all the try scoring for that game. 26 to 18, bit of a tight tussle, Brad. 24 to 4 at halftime, though, to Manly. Um, yeah. And then the Titans for the second week running, edging their way back into the contest. How do you see this one play out? Yeah. Uh, well, Manly shot out to um, shot out of the gates here, you know, scoring basically all their points in the mm. first half. Um, they only got uh, a penalty goal in the second half. Um, I thought Kieran Foran looked good. He, he's been a bit patchy this year, um, coming back from a bit of injury. Um, I think he looked good. DCE continues to impress um, me each and every week. Um, if they keep playing like they are right now, like this is a team without Tommy Turbo, who, you know, the only game they won without Tommy Turbo last year was against the Warriors, and that was by one point. Um, yeah, if they if they keep playing like this and you throw Turbo into the mix... I think they're a top four side for sure. Or like my prediction, they'll end up all the way at the top um, when the Storm and um, the Panthers start to collapse like they're known to do, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know what much we can say. I'm just really impressed with how they're going. They they had me a bit worried at the start of the year. The Titans, they just didn't um, show up in the first half. Um, I don't – yeah, they just um, – at least they showed fight in the second half, I guess, is the way to say. David Feeder was a lot more active, in mm. the, um, but he, he needs to keep that level up each week for them. Um, yeah. I think they got the bones of a good side, the Titans. They just need to learn to play 80 minutes. I think that's the key. Yeah, I and yeah, I am impressed too with what they're doing without Tommy Turbo. I mean, they, they looked like a completely different team last year when they were without him. Um, yeah. So 
it's impressive to see what they're doing on this stretch where they've been without him. Um, what I will say is uh, I can't call them a top four team like you just did, Brad. Until I see them beat a top four team, don't mean to crap on your second love, uh, Manly. You're breaking but my heart here, man. You're breaking my heart. Yeah, I need to see them. I need to see them beat up on a on a top top four team before I can call them the real deal. That's all I, I think. Definitely, and yeah, Mark Roberts has said it's good to see the Eagles aren't a one-man team this season. Yeah, I think it shows that they, they took lessons from last year, um, mm. being the, yeah, speaking for them right now. <laughs> Robbie's having a, a dig at Paul. Uh, that That's for you to answer, Paul. Paul's our, our, our master producer. He, he keeps the show running. So no, lucky, look, I'm being put showing my some respect. Shut up. He's like, Paul, get out of here, Paul. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not a lead guy. It's, and it's true, I'm not, but hey. He keeps the lights oh. going for us, you know, so... I'll give Paul some credit. Paul's been messaging us during the past couple of Warriors games, so I think he's he's putting in the work. He's definitely watching more league than I am Union, that's for sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, go on to the next game, um, Richie. Next game was probably, you know, one of the most anticipated games of the round. Storm over the high-flying Sharks, 34-18. to 18. Yep. Five tries to three, Justin Ollum, Cameron Munster, Ollum grabbed two actually, Ryan Pappenhausen and Harry Grant for the Storm to three tries from the Sharks, Takalai, Talakai, sorry, and Ronaldo Molotalo with a double. Um, yeah, the Storm proving why I tip them every week. Um, <laughs> too good for the Sharks who were up until this point cruising along. So did you enjoy this one, Brad? I did. I did. I um, think it was a great game. Probably my match of the week, to be honest. Um, mm. Storm, Storm is so, um, just so good. Um, they're clinical. Um, they know how to break a team apart and take advantage. Um, <laughs> Mark's giving you some stick there. Um, yeah. Cameron Munster just keeps going from strength to strength as well. Harry Grant was a menace around the ruck area, and Puppenhausen had a great night um, mm. with the boot. Um, makes me really worried about this week's game, Richie. Um, but yeah, Sharks, to their credit, I thought they did well. The scoreline wasn't a true indicator of the contest, I think. And I think I saw enough from the Sharks to say they're going to be dangerous come finals time. Um, I feel like they would have taken a lot from this defeat, which is probably going to make them more dangerous. Um, but yeah, um, a loss is a loss, which is basically what their coach, Craig Fitzgibbon, said at the press conference, said they weren't good enough and they lost. So um, he's not going to take any half measures and say we we showed fight against the storm. You know that means we're in the running. Yeah, and I'd agree with that too. I mean, they've been on a, such a good trajectory this season. I think. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. They'd, they, were, they would really have been hoping to win this one. Um, but the Storm do what, this, what they do. You know, they're such a, such a polished outfit and, and very seldom do you see them drop games. So, yeah, it makes me a bit worried too, Brad. And if I was the Warriors defense coach this week, I'd be saying don't don't take any dummies from Cam Munster. No. Um, if he goes to the line, you, a couple of you just absolutely smash him. Um, just, because, yeah, everyone was buying what he was selling on the weekend. Yeah, and Mark's putting you on by saying the Storm's going to lose this week. Uh, to I like the top what you're saying there, Mark. I like that. Um, we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens when we come to our predictions there. Um, <laughs> next game, um, we're going a lot faster because I feel like this game might take some time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so the probably the most talked about game of the weekend for Warriors fans like us. Roosters twenty two to the Warriors fourteen three tries to two. Daniel Tupo, Kevin Nagama. Sam Walker were the three tries for the Roosters. Edward Corsi, Dallin Watini Zelezniak were the two tries for the Warriors. Um, we had a try that looked pretty good to me rubbed out, which would have been a try to Jesse Arthurs. <laughs> but yeah. we, I'm sure we'll touch on the refereeing. Um, the Warriors led this one 8-6 at halftime before some mistakes crept in and some borderline, shall we call it, refereeing and bunker decisions. Um saw the Roosters sail home. What did you think, mate? I, I know you're probably a bit angry watching it. Border, <laughs> borderline decisions. You couldn't even see the border with binoculars on these balls, I tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, the refs were shocking. Um, I watch I watch all games, and the refs do have shocking. In my, re, my review I did, I did give the referee um, a, bit, a bit of a pass, yeah. but the bunker I didn't. I see, like, with yeah. the ref... The decision you're making on the fly as it happens, but the fact that the bunker made the majority of these calls that we're complaining about when they have 30 replays and they sit there for half an hour and they still get it wrong, mm. um, I think it was right. James Tedesco should have been a Simbin. We touched yep. on it in the new segment. Um, every day of the week, this season and last season, that type of play was a Simbin. Um, yeah, horrible call. Um I'm not going to say the officials cost the Warriors the match because they didn't, but they sure made sure that momentum stayed with the Roosters. Mm. Um, besides that, though, the Roosters' defensive line speed um, was the difference in this game. Um, the Warriors struggled to make a dent, and it, that flowed into the Warriors' attack. Um, they couldn't really get a lot of attacking opportunities together because of that defensive speed. Um, I think the the Warriors forwards, with the exception of maybe Curran and Fenua Blake, were quite flat. And I mm. think if they weren't flat, they probably would have had an edge here. Um, Fenua Blake just mentioned him, but he was top dog in the middle again. Um, he just needs help from the rest of the, the pack for the Warriors. Reese Walsh um, pulled off a great banana kick um, to set up the, the only try for the Warriors in the second half. And I'm just looking forward to seeing him click with um, SJ Moore. Um, I don't really have a lot of notes about the Roosters because I was so filthy about this game. But um, 
Sam Walker, I thought, played well. Um, he scored a nice try, um, taking advantage of some poor defensive reads from the Warriors. And um, I don't think the Roosters were were great, um, which probably helped the Warriors only losing by eight. But um, mm. yeah, I I think the biggest um, detriment to this game was the refereeing decisions for both sides. The Roosters can go, uh, the Roosters fans will go, yay, we got to win. But there's that little hashtag where you know yeah. the rest were pretty shoddy, and the Warriors they go, oh man, we lost, but we only lost by eight. And you got the referee decision saying, what if? And I've said it a lot on the show. Um, shoulda, woulda, coulda doesn't exist in the NRL, unfortunately. In this situation, I'm normally getting to talk about it and other teams, mm. not the Warriors. But yeah, it was disheartening. Um, but I think I, I was talking to you after the game when we were messaging through it, saying. Despite the result, I actually came out of the game more optimistic about the Warriors, saying the Warriors, I thought, didn't play well in that second half, but they lost by eight against the Roosters team. Admittedly, the Roosters team not playing well, but to be there and thereabouts, we, we said last week this was their toughest challenge to date. Um, I'm hoping they take some confidence out of what they did and some learnings of what they need to do better because they're going to need everything they've got um, to face a storm this week. Yeah, I I agree with you mostly there, Brad. I I feel pretty good about what the Warriors put out there to hang with a team like the Roosters who, you know, they're obviously one of the top sides. So um, we showed a lot of starch in defence for the most part, which I was impressed with, especially given some of the momentum through refereeing decisions that um, that were happening. I think in past seasons that would see Warriors teams of the past fold and yeah. concede a big score. So to, to not give up and just stay in the fight in spite of all that happening, I, I was most impressed with. So I, I do think, though, we'll need to step it up a whole lot more this week coming because the Storm are a different kettle of fish again. Um but, you know, it gives, this performance gave me heart that we can at least compete with these teams. And, and I'm hopeful yeah. even if we don't beat the Storm, it won't be a blowout and we, we can put in a good account of ourselves. Yeah, um, and I see, before we move on, I see Mark was mentioning about Alan Short. Uh, Alan Short was the bunker official. And yeah. um, you, you might have missed the news, Mark, um, but I did a deep dive as I pretend to do from time to time. And um, Alan Short has not been assigned any games this week as a bunker official. So he potentially may have been dropped to park football or been told to have the week off. The NRL haven't made a statement to say he's been dropped as as such, but he isn't in their lineup. And they've got, um, I think there's two, two bunker guys actually doing two games each. So it's not like they have a whole lot of them to pick from. Some of them are doing double duty. So the the fact he hasn't been picked, I think, is saying some things. Yeah, let's be honest. It wasn't his best night of the office, and that's putting it as kind as we possibly can. I mean, um, seeing seeing Adam Fenua Blake's challenge get declined when what Angus Crichton did in the ruck, um, how was that any different apart from you know he used his hand and and uh, Pompey used his foot. I don't even think Pompey's was on purpose. I think he was just trying to pull his leg out of the ruck and it got in the way. Uh, maybe that's yeah. me with the eye patch on. But I, I, I think 
Yeah, but what I mean, what I'm trying to say is, I think that they both should have been penalties, but only the Warriors were penalised. Uh, didn't do the greatest job with the Jesse Arthur's no try. Um, no. What did, you, what did you think about that one? Because I, you know, I think either way, it was either a strip and we score, or we Reece Walsh dropped it backwards and it's been and we kicked score. forward. Yeah, it's been kicked forward and we score. Yeah, I know we we did discuss it um, during the game with Bruin Hammer. Um, we were chatting with them, and mm. I was firm. My I had both my eye patches on, um, saying it, there was, it was dead set a try. Um, I couldn't see it any other way. Um, mm. It was yeah. I I believed it was stripped, and then it touched um, the Roosters player's foot, and then Jesse Arthur's grounded it. So yeah, I thought it was a try, but. Um, that is in the past now. So, yeah, I mean, just to put the icing of the ca- on the cake and make me seem like a massive winger, I just wonder how those calls would have been had had it been adjudicating against the Roosters and not us. Hmm. Yeah, and um, I was going to mention it, but Fiona's um, bet me to it. She said for um, Blocker Roach to say we got the raw end of the calls actually says quite a lot. It does. He is. Yeah. Um, the bane of my existence watching mm. games when i see he's commentating a warriors game i am deeply offended i just don't don't like him we can be 100 points up and um he will tell everyone we've got to be careful because um we're going to lose the lead mm. um so yeah the fact that he was calling the questions out showed how bad it was not um, just him too who was running sidelines was it gasnier i think i think um, so right before the game finished he, he even he was saying it'd be interesting to see what Nathan Brown has to say at the press conference. Um, yeah, what the comments has was saying kind of said it all for me. Yeah, um, before we go on, I may as well put that in there. There was a lot of Warriors fans upset that Nathan Brown didn't say a lot in mm. the um, in the press conference. Um, I can't remember the post, but Mark Roberts actually put it out. Um, I'm kind of siding with Mark Roberts on it here. He was for. Nathan Brown keeping his, his mouth shut and letting the, the bosses do it behind the scenes. I understand the anger and frustration, but we've seen it with Ricky. We've seen it with um, Todd Payton and um, Holbrook. Yeah. Um, they come out and they say it all. It hasn't changed mm. what's happened for them. Um, look at Jeff Tooby's famous one. He became a meme, basically. Yeah. It didn't help his team. Um so I don't mind you doing it, and I know a lot of people are upset saying he was throwing the team under the bus. I don't think the Warriors played good enough in the second half. So I think what he said about the players was intended, and you know it's the old cliche, but if a ref's going to be good or going to be bad for you, you it doesn't you don't have any control over that. All you have is mm. control over what you do. So I I like that he was trying to put the focus back for the club, saying, oh, you know, we got a rough ear to the deal, but we've got stuff to work on and we need to work on that, not just sit here saying it was the rest's fault, we were perfect. So what's your take on it? Were, were you wanting to see him yell about needing investigations and, and whatnot? Oh, look, part of me, yeah. Part of me wanted him to go Ricky Stewart, cop a fine and... and let loose but yeah also i don't think it helps like you said i don't think it helps so if that's the case what's what's the point you know i think they've gone through the right channels taking emotion aside you know because a lot of people would have been commenting that 
you know, with fresh emotion after watching the game. If you take that all aside, uh, I think the better, better channels to go through is to um, formally request, you know, that the referees, uh, like Annesley, go through and, and um, seek clarification on some of those decisions, like like we did, and yeah. and play it cool in the press conference and, and more allude to where we went wrong. So, yeah, I think Nathan Brown played that one correctly and... Uh, yeah, when you take emotion away from it, I think he's done the right thing there. Yeah, and I don't think the Warriors are a team where if you throw a hissy fit, things will go your way the next week. I, I don't – I think if it was one of the – it's going back into that argument about top teams getting the rub of the green. I think if mm. it was a top team – if it was the other way around and the Roosters said it, I think we would see a change. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that's completely biased as a Warriors fan there. So um, let's go on to the the worst game of the week. Um. <laughs> yeah, Brad only thinks this is the worst game because the Dragons managed to get up. Um, Brad's wooden spoon pick, the Dragons, getting the win over my wooden spoon pick, the Knights. So, yeah, my, my wooden spoon pick's worse than Brad's wooden spoon pick, clearly. Uh, we'll call this game the Wooden Spoon Cup. Yeah. <laughs> The Knights, the Dragons took out the Knights 21 to 16, four tries to three for the Dragons. Andrew McCulloch, Jack Bird, and Matthew Fungai got a double. Inari Tuala, Dane Gagai, and Kalen Ponga were the three tries for the Knights. Um, yeah, what, what did you think of the our standoff battle of the wooden spoon, Brad? Yeah, um, the Dragons surprised me here. Um, they played quite well, um, which just added to my anger from watching the, the Warriors <laughs> game just before this. Um, I was already ropeable, and then watching them play well, I was just, I was upset. Um, but, you know, taking my, somehow, I don't even know where this hatred came from last year, but um, putting all of that aside, I, I think full credit needs to go to them. Um, they did play really well. Their forwards fronted up which has been something they haven't done this year. And mm -hmm. Ben Hunt was on his A game. Um, Got to get his name wrong. The winger, Matthew, how do you say his last name? You just said it. Matthew Fungai. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I apologize. I know you're watching, Matthew. You, you, I'll get your name wrong. So I'll just call you, you, you Matthew right now. Um, he was great on the wing. He's such a talent. Um, they need to get him the ball more. Um, mm. It just sounds like um, simple from my mentality as a, a super playmaking front rower. But, um, yeah, get him the ball more. Um, if they can keep this level up, I have no hope of getting my wooden spoon prediction right, um, unfortunately. I'm not saying they're going to be a top eight team by any means, but I think if they can play at this level, they'll do enough to stay away from the Tigers and Bulldogs right now. Um, for the Knights, I think um, they did come into the match with some injuries, which didn't help them, um, but they lost the battle in the middle. Um, it's the cliche that I love to go to as a as a former forward. Um, they're the most important people on the field. Um, once they lost that battle, they're on the back foot and they just didn't really look into it. Ponga, he just signed that new deal we talked about in the news. Um, but man, he needs to do more um, mm. to live up to the the new deal. He scored a try, sure, um, but I don't think he's adding enough impact to the games. So yeah, the million dollar man. Um, yeah. I, I think I talked about it weeks ago that I was more than happy for the Knights to just tell him to pack his bags because I think they could use that money and get more value for their side elsewhere. 
Um, no, it's he's a great player, but I think he goes invisible a bit. It's a bit like we fast forward to before we even did this show um, when I was just writing, when I'd stick the boot into Sean Johnson all the time. Um, you know, when you're getting paid the big bucks, you're expected to do a lot more than just sit there and have a good game here or there. Um, if you're, yeah, so... I don't know. I'll go on a rant about Ponga for ages. Um, he'll come out next week and he'll play the game of his life and make me look like an idiot. But um, yeah, I just expect him to do um, more. And yet, so much just asked, is his new contract five years? It is. They've yeah, added five years, is. which I think is a crazy, a crazy thing to do um, for any player, let alone a, a fullback that's injury prone. But um, yeah, what did, what did you think about this abomination of a game? No, you said it all, Brad. I, I don't really have a lot more else to add. Who did you tip, by the way? I just I was wondering because I we we all tipped we all tipped <laughs> the Knights. That's what I thought. Um, yeah, no. I'm just a little disgraced to myself for tipping the Knights. They're my wooden spoon tip. I can't believe I backed them. You, you backed um, your wooden spoon team. Yeah. If I just stuck with my initial instincts of them being a wooden spoon team, um, yeah, I would have been laughing. But hey, there we go. Yeah. So we move on game. to the Easter last Monday. game, Easter Monday footy, which actually turned out to be a cracker. I was expecting an absolute shellacking, but didn't play out that way. No. The West Tigers getting their first W of the season, 21-20 over Parramatta Eels, who have been in pretty good form, has to be said. Four tries to the West Tigers. Luciano Leilua, who was uh, who played pretty, pretty damn well, if, if I do say so. David Norfoluma getting a double and ex-warrior Ken Mamalo get, getting the tries for the Tigers. Four tries to the Eels, Clint Gutherson, Isaiah Papali'i, Reed Mani, and Rata Niakore grabbing their four tries. And Jackson Hastings, the, the big signing, getting the, the field goal with less than 10 seconds left on the clock. Um, yeah, real, real exciting game this one, Brad. Real nail-biting, nail-biting finish. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Um, great way to end the round. Um, I thought it was a fantastic game. Like you, I went into this just wondering um, how great, uh, how big a score the Eels were going to put on. You know, this is an Eels team that a couple of weeks ago bet Melbourne. Mm. Um, so I was I was expecting a bloodbath. Um, but Jackson Hastings, he makes this Tigers team uh, a completely different outfit. Um mm. He directed the side around the park um, terrifically. He combined well with Luke Brooks, um, who as well had his first good game in quite some time, I think. And then, yeah, going back to Hastings, you know, he nailed the sideline conversion that they needed to keep in the game. And then was, I think there was like four or five seconds left on the clock. He nailed mm. that um, that field goal. And not a, not a horrible looking one 20 metres out. It was almost 40 metres out. Um, it was I think gorgeous. Some of the media um, or some of the broadcast people thought that um, it was over the 40 and gave them the two points, which they took back. But, um, yeah, thought a fantastic game from them. It was just a solid effort, I think, from the Tigers. And I couldn't be happier to see them get their first win. Um, seeing the the footage of Michael Maguire um, celebrating like a little school kid um, was just great to see. They're, they've been um, doing it rough. Um, and for the Eels, to be honest, I think they came into this match already thinking they won, mm. um, which is a foolish mistake to do in the NRL. You should never do it because 
We talk about it all the time. Yes, you've got teams at the bottom of that ladder, but on any given day, the worst team in the comp can beat a top side. It's just the way it works in the NRL. Um, they made too many errors. I think they made 15 mm. in this game, um, and they just seem off the boil. Um, on a highlight, I thought um, future warrior um, Nuakora, um, I think he played quite well, but yeah. he's back to reserve grade this week. Um with former warrior Hayes Perham coming into the starting lineup. Um, that's fine for them. I understand they don't want to invest time in a player that's leaving, but I want to win a competition now. If they had that same mentality for everyone, does that mean Papali'i goes? Does that mean Reed Marnie goes? Mm. Do you send them all to reserve grade? No. So I think it's a bit silly. I'd be having um, him in my team every week, personally. Um but I think it'll be a massive lesson for the Eels. Um, I think they'll bounce back hard this week, which will help you out because I believe they are playing the Knights. So that'll help you try to get the Knights to the bottom of the ladder. Yeah. Um, but yeah, before I send it back to you, just like last year, when the Eels get pulled into a tight contest, they generally are the team to walk away without points, which is what we saw here. Um, they've got to fix that. Mm. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, every time... Uh, the eels, I sort of start to buy into the hype train of the eels. They give me a timely reminder of why I shouldn't. Um, yeah. And this was one of those games. For the Tigers, I agree completely. I think Jackson Hastings does add a completely different dimension. It allows Luke Brooks to kick out to six and just sort of, um, you know, play more of a running, running gun sort of number six, which I think suits him a lot more than. Yeah. leading a team around the park and it sort of showed, you know, he had two try assists. So, um, and it's the best I've seen him look in a long time. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy for the Tigers actually. Um, it, you know, I feel vindicated after, after your question to me last week, the Tigers the very next week get their win. So yeah, yeah it was a very enjoyable game to cap off the round. So that was the round that was. Yep. So then we'll go to our picks for the round. If you've got our, our leaderboard there, Paul, Oh, we'll go with ladder first. Fine. We, we can do the ladder. Um, there we go. Leaderboard. Um, so we all had the same picks. So we all got five out of eight, which means we still in me at first with 32 out of 48. Richie second with 31 out of 48. And Simon third with 29 out of 48. The games we all got wrong. We all got Raiders Cowboys wrong. And mm. um, we all got Dragons Knights wrong. And we all got Eels Tigers. So... Um, Oh, yeah, Mark Roberts has said Neil Core is injured again, um, which is why he's out. Okay, so we'll take back my little rant there on Brad Arthur's. Um, he's made a wise decision to leave Neil Core <laughs> out. Um, thank you for doing my work for me, Mark. Always appreciate work, it. Mark. Yeah. Um, so now to the ladder, Paul. We haven't really seen too many changes other than the Bulldogs going to the very bottom and the Warriors dropping out of the eight. So we still have Panthers, number one, undefeated. Uh, Storm, a second. Um, Sharks, despite that loss, are still third. And Eels, despite that loss, are still fourth. Um, rounding out the top eight, we've got the Roosters at fifth, Manly at sixth, Cowboys seventh, and Rabbitohs eight. Ninth, um, we have the Warriors, followed by the Titans. Then we've got the Knights at 11th, Raiders at 12th. Those Dirty Dragons are 13th. Uh, the Broncos are 14th. Tigers, after that impressive win, are now up to 15th, which is probably the highlight of their season. Um, and the Bulldogs, after 
after that win and after their loss are now back where they've been for so long <laughs> at the bottom of the ladder. Um, so I think it'll be interesting for uh, Paul Matt Burden and um, Josh Adokar. Uh, they've never felt what it's like to be in the, the last place um, in there. So um, what's your take on the ladder so far? Yeah, nice to see all that recruitment for the Bulldogs coming in clutch. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously a lot of water to go under the bridge. So, um, and next yeah. year the Bulldogs improve even further again. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, they still look to be struggling this year. Um, yeah, I, I, it's hard to see a lot of these bottom eight teams making big runs. A lot of them are in really patchy form. Um, I like what I see out of the Warriors, though. I mean, I. I I think we're trending okay despite the loss. I, you know, I think we're still a chance. And the yeah. Titans have a, have a roster that if, if they get it right, but they just need to get it right, they're still a very inconsistent side. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the, the ladder, and we'll we'll jump into questions now. Um, before we have ours, Paul, do we have some questions from, from all the people who's watching? Um, yeah, I mean, Robbie always wants to know how your, um, how your fantasy team is going. It's um, rubbish. So, um, <laughs> I'm not even doing it. So go on, yeah. Brad. That, that's a um, my I'm doing fantasy and I'm doing super coach, and my super coach team is doing better. Um, I made the mistake of anticipating that my my favorite player Tommy Turbo was going to be doing everything. Um, so I gave all my money to him, and he's <laughs> he's cost me. Um, yeah, I'm not doing well. I'm just looking at it now. Um, I'm not doing that great. So, yeah, I'm not good at the fantasy this year. I, I used to be okay. Um, how many Bulldogs do I have in my fantasy team? I have one. I have Matt Burden. Moving on to international matters then, would uh, you have uh, Talakai in the Kiwis? Um, I would 100% um, if he – has he declared that he wants to be a Kiwi? That's what I was wondering when I saw that question from Robbie pop up. I'm not sure, but if if he has declared himself, I would in a heartbeat. He's I know a monster. He, he did play junior Kiwis. Mm. Um, he is born in Australia, um, but that doesn't mean anything. Um, but yeah, I if he if he says he's up to be a Kiwi, I'd be putting him in there. I think he's too too good a talent. Mm. Um, yeah, for me. Um, I think we touched on it last week about the number of jerseys. Are you happy with the number of jerseys that um, the uh, Warriors are bringing out this year? Is it too many? Oh, is, is, it, is it not enough? Uh, Robbie thinks there's a lack of jerseys. Yeah, we did touch on it last week. Um, someone actually asked the um, the Warriors, are they doing an Anzac jersey? And they came out and said that um, due to the negative reaction they have every year of having so many jerseys, they decided to wind it back and just do a handful. Um, I don't, I, they could do 20 jerseys if they want. Um, I don't, I, I don't really care. I, I don't see why they can't do a whole lot of them like they do every year, but they don't use them all on the field. They just have some that are just mm. for fans to buy. Um, yeah. That could kind of go in the middle because they do make a lot of money out of it. And like he said, um, I think they're like 30% of the NRL revenue for jersey sales or something. Wow. Um, they are, I think we, it was quite a few years ago, Richie, when we went to a members forum, 
I think it was Wayne Scarrow at the time. He might be the the scum of the earth, but he um, he did pr- point out that Warriors jerseys and Warriors merchandise was outselling even the All Blacks in New Zealand at that point. Um, Middle the All Blacks had one jersey, so <laughs> yeah, you're playing a numbers <laughs> game there. But um, it is always a popular thing. I don't buy them every year. Um, I bought last year's one because I like the design and then they tricked me and I bought the new one because they're a new sponsor this year. And then I wanted to buy the one that they wore last week, but I can't get my hands on one. So um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Richie? This is coming from the guy with that picnic blanket blanket hanging behind him. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't mind the less is more approach. I, I'm sort of in the camp where I'd rather more wins than more jerseys. Um, but yeah, from a from a business point of view, like like Brad said, even if they weren't all match worn jerseys, um, I know a lot of the Warriors have a lot of in the past had a lot of training jerseys and jerseys for the nines and all that kind of stuff. So if they, if they had a few funky designs that were just merch in the merch store yeah. to buy without being match-worn, I wouldn't mind that either. Yeah, and Simon said he thinks Warriors should have at least an Anzac jersey. Um, Yeah, I kind of thought the Anzac jersey was going to be one that was a definite because of the big occasion playing on Anzac Day. Um, But then I'm I'm hoping maybe they wear the Heritage jersey again for it. But um, just just get a little poppy and stick it on it. But a boom. I've just solved it. I'd rather win the Anzac game than wear a special jersey. <laughs> that that too. And I saw Robbie was giving me crap about this beautiful jersey behind me. This is an investment. Um, <laughs> I, I know what's going to happen. In 10 years' time, everyone's going to be saying, I wish I got one of those. I want to buy it, and then I'll be able to sell it for lots of money. That's, that's my reasoning behind it. I've worn it once, and that was when um, I can't remember who it was. Someone made me wear it on a show. Um, so really? I wore it. Yeah, oh, someone said you have to wear it. You were on someone else's show? Oh, um, no, Brad. I can't remember. Yeah, I... just had enough of this sort of stuff, Rob Richie. I was just gonna <laughs> get rid of him. Um, oh, he's gallivanting off to other people's shows. Oh, dear. Look, I, I can't help that I'm a talent in demand, everyone wants me. So, um, um, look, we're, we're, we're running well over. Um, so um the uh, so so robbie's looking at testing your knowledge and stuff but look mate we're all we're already 10 minutes late and you know the guys got a lot more to go to so um perhaps we will um save the your um our questions un- well maybe you can save your questions as well that's true yeah. yeah but save your unsung hero um as in your, your favorite unsung um uh warriors hero for yep. next week um so boys have a think about that one uh there because so i think we're running running uh, yeah, well, really well well over Robbie's question about Carl, you already asked us um, a few weeks ago, and I answered and nailed it. So, um, yeah. yeah, big tip. I, I, I ticked that one off. Um, so, yeah, we'll save our um, questions as well because we are going a bit long. Um, our questions aren't that relevant to this week anyway, so we can push them on. Um, so we'll go into our uh, round seven predictions now. Um, if you can bring up the fixtures, Paul. Just, I'm just going to jump on there. So Mark Robert says, um, will we have a homecoming jersey? Oh, now that is actually a good idea. Is for the, uh, for the return back to Mount Smart, have a special jersey to commemorate the first game in 
20 years that's actually held in New Zealand. Very. That's just... Yeah, that could be a good idea, yeah. I think the energy has to go into winning that game. Look what the Wellington Phoenix did over the weekend when they're homecoming. Oh, we're playing the Tigers, mate. We'll be fine. Yeah, I think um, so. <laughs> just after, tell me about what the Eels said. <laughs> um, okay, so first game is uh, tomorrow night. We've got the Sharks and Seagulls. Um, we have all picked the Sharks, I see. Um, I, I love my Seagulls, but I just think the Sharks are looking really good right now. Despite I think so too. I, I love the fact you're calling the Sea Eagles my Sea Eagles. Um, yeah, I, I like what I see out of the Sharks. So I picked them. Yeah, and yeah, Simon picked them too. Uh, Friday night, we have the Broncos and Bulldogs. Again, we have all picked the same. We have all picked the Broncos. Um, it's Yeah, they're playing yeah. The, the wooden spooners right now. It seems simple. And they're all suffering COVID. So, and they're uh, all got COVID. So it's yeah. uh, the wooden spoon with a whole lot of players out. Yeah. Broncos. Yeah. Um, then first game on Saturday is Cowboys Titans. Um, I've gone for Titans. Simon's gone for Cowboys. Um, who are you going with, Richie? I went Titans. I think this is well. a real toss of the coin game. Um, it was the hardest yeah, to pick for me. It was um, the hardest week. to pick. I tossed um, the coin and it said Titans. <laughs> yeah. So I've gone. Yeah. I, I think Titans will just have an edge, maybe. Uh, mm. Second game on Saturday, um, it is Tigers Rabbitohs. Um, I have gone with the Rabbitohs, as has Simon. Um, have you got faith in the Tigers and you're going to back them, Richie? No, I own Rabbitohs. I, <laughs> I don't see the Tigers backing that up. Uh, a lot of evidence points to them not not stringing win streaks together in the past few years. Rabbitohs, I and think. First, first game on Sunday, we've got the Knights and the Eels. Um, I've gone for the eels, so is Simon. Um, are you backing yeah. your wooden spooners this week? <laughs> no, I, I think no. eels have a big bounce back match, and the Knights yeah. um, fall more towards the bottom of the ladder. All right, and then uh, last game on Sunday is Panthers Raiders. Um, easy for me, Panthers. Simon's thought the same, yeah. Panthers, easy, yeah, and the cancer. Yeah. Okay. And then the first game on Anzac Day, we've got the Dragons and Roosters, the traditional Anzac game. Um, I've gone with the Roosters. So is Simon. Um, are you trying to hurt me and are you going to back the Dragons? No, I wish I could, but no, Roosters. No, roosters uh, as well? Yeah, Roosters. All right. And then the last game of the round, uh, Melbourne versus the Warriors in their annual Anzac clash. I have gone with the Storm. So has Simon. I'd love to pick the Warriors. If there's any team that will beat the Storm, it will be the Warriors. But for the we haven't won an Anzac Day game since 2014. And we're currently on a seven-game losing streak against the Storm. So the odds aren't in our favor. I'll be really hopeful that I'm wrong. Um, but I'm going with Storm. I really badly hope I'm wrong. But, yeah, I think we see the Storm beat the Warriors Live on TV3, free to air, as Simon has yeah, pointed out. I see that. Yeah, Simon said that it's on free to air on TV3 um, starting at 8.30. Um, that's great to see that they're putting it on free to air TV. Um, wish wish they did that for every game so I don't have to pay all this money for Sky. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So that is our picks. Looking at it, me and Richie have picked the exact same teams. The only difference is Simon has backed the Cowboys over the Titans. So, Simon's going to try to make some moves and uh, get back to the top of the ladder. Um, 
we'll, we'll see what happens here. But uh, I'm fairly confident I'm staying first like it should be. Um, but uh, since we are running a bit long, I won't go too far into the, the Super League, but I will say that St. Helens now sit alone at the top of the ladder. They defeated Wigan. Um, I, I've got the score here. Where is it? They defeated Wigan 22-4. to um, So quite a, a standard. Um, Wigan and Catalans are now second and third place on the same amount of points, 14, um, with Wigan just getting the edge on points differential. So um, we'll go into that a bit more next week um, due to us running uh, a bit long in the tooth here, which I knew was going to happen because of that bloody Warriors game. <laughs> um, but anything else you wanted to add? No, just uh, thanks for the chat, Brad. Thanks for allowing me uh, the platform on air to vent about uh, refereeing frustrations. I'm sure you it's what we do. like to. It's what we do, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you enjoyed that, that opportunity as well. Thanks yeah, to everyone tuning in, Paul, of course. Yeah, and I, I see Simon just said he looked at um, the send tipping and the majority of people were going for the Titans. So he he is going for the underdogs here. And, yeah, I should have mentioned as well, Catalans won the first French Derby um, by beating Toulouse. Um, they, what was the score? It was 18-10. It was a lot closer than I would have given mm. it credit for. But, um, yeah, good to see them doing well. As long as they don't overtake my Wigan, I'll be happy. Um, yeah, cheers for joining me tonight, Richie, and cheers for your help in the background. Um, Paul, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for tuning in and joining us on the stand-up with Brad and Richie. For your weekly update on Rugby League, tune into our show next week at 8 p.m. here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio or Spotify. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. And good night. 